This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. Reviewing WWE Backlash and talking a little bit of New Japan, Best of the Super Juniors, Top Rope Nation, back on the air this week, ladies and gentlemen. I am Ryan Drossi, Editor-in-Chief of TopRopePress.com, joined here by my feuding co-hosts, whose favorite NBA teams are now in the Eastern Conference Finals, Justin Joint, supporting the Boston Celtics, Kyle Ross, over there in Cleveland, Ohio, with the Cavaliers, Kyle I see you're sporting a Cleveland Cavaliers t-shirt tonight. Defend the land. If you're not watching us on YouTube, guys, you need to be watching us on YouTube. You can see Kyle smiling at you, see the twinkle in his eye every single week as he talks professional wrestling. Kyle, how's it going on in Cleveland tonight? I'll tell you what, no dives necessary in game one. We're there, Justin, huh? <laughs> nope. Hey, I, thought, I, I think Justin was showing some good humor. I saw him retweeting some stuff on uh, Twitter with that amazing LeBron dunk and the animations being made to it. I have zero expectations for the Celtics in this series. In fact, I I, I hope Braun gets to the finals relatively uh, uh, healthy because I want him to beat the Warriors. He is, after all, the Cavs version of uh, Braun Strowman. He is Braun Goatman. <laughs> you know, I uh, I probably, Kyle, I would probably also be rooting for the Cavs in the finals against Golden State, just as I was last year. So I appreciate that. Yes, if that happens... I'll tell you what, man. I don't think I've, as much as I love pro wrestling, nothing's made me shake in the knees quite like Game 7 last year. (laughs) Isn't it kind of crazy how in the first year of this podcast, we had Kyle and I's favorite baseball teams going at it in the World Series in the fall, and now Justin joins the podcast, and your two favorite basketball teams in the Eastern Conference Finals. What are the odds? I'll tell you what, it ain't going to be Cubs-Browns in the Super Bowl next, uh, or uh, Browns-Bears uh, in the Super Bowl next January. No, I think we got that one safe. Yeah. Next year, it'll be uh, somebody's EPL's teams. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're, you're still trying to convince me to get into that. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Kyle, are you, Kyle, are you a soccer fan? No, it's on too early in the morning. Yeah. It's on I don't the know. perfect time. It's coffee time, man. Relax and I'm, watch I don't know. I'm always working. I got to get a TV in this room. Yeah, I, I'm slowly warming up. To, I, uh, I get into the world. Football. I don't know. It's just, you know, I don't know. I'd like to. I just. Well, we got to talk WWE backlash, guys. Pay-per-view is on the horizon. We got to do our typical preview show. And then later in the show, 
Um, actually, Justin and I just recorded this, pre-recorded a segment with Abby Arthur from TopRowPress.com. You can hear us talk for about 25 minutes. New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, best of the Super Juniors, the first two days. We're also talking the big press conference they just had in Los Angeles, announcing their some of their expansion into the U.S. So we'll discuss all that. That's in the second half of the show. But right now, let's talk. Uh, <laughs> we talked plenty of Marty Skrull as well. So let's talk WWE Backlash in Chicago this Sunday. Uh, we're just going to run through the card, maybe give our predictions, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk some Randy Orton. That's for sure. So, uh, guys, you want to just run through the card right away, or you got any thoughts before we get into that on television this week? Only I would just point out that uh, I think uh, in the entire company, Finn and Roman might have the best co- chemistry in ring. Just throwing that out there. They're two for two in ring yeah. matches. Yep. In terms of both were really good. That probably they're both four star matches. Roman workhorse. Mm-hmm. We're five minutes into the show, and all the Roman haters are already tuning out. Thanks to your comment, Justin. Well, <laughs> our yard. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll say yard. this about backlash. You know, I'm not the first person to make this point. I certainly won't be the last. It's a show that, you know, in the pre-network era, just <laughs> wouldn't fly. I mean, it, it's it's obviously not a you know, doesn't have the feel of a spectacular star-studded lineup. But to me, you know, there's three things. If they happen, the show's going to be a success. One, if Nakamura comes off as a star. Two, if Jinder Mahal exceeds expectations. And three, if AJ and Owens tear the house down. If if three of those things, if all three of those things happen, the show's a home run. Two of them happen, eh, it'll probably be thumbs up. Well, they're at the Allstate Arena in Chicago, so they're going to have the crowd with them. I think Nakamura will get an awesome ovation, maybe the last ovation of the night. Mm -hmm. So I think he'll definitely come off as a star. I think Owens and AJ will tear it down. And What match should go on last, in your guys' opinion? Because I think that's a big talking point going to the show because a lot of people are thinking that with Mahal, maybe they put something else on besides the WWE title match. Nakamura, send them home happy for sure. I'm kind of a traditionalist. I always think the world title should go on last. Um, I don't. I, I can't imagine they don't put the the world title on last. To be honest, but if I were changing it, yeah, I would probably put Nakamura on last just to give him the rub as uh, you know the big star on the brand. I'll talk more about how I think they should book that Nakamura match when we get to it. But I actually would go with AJ and Owens as the last match. I think that'll be the best in-ring match for mm-hmm. sure. I just don't think anyone, anyone's going to be able to top it. So, um, yeah, we'll talk. I'll save my thoughts for how I think the Nakamura match should go. I think I've brought it up before um, on the program. And if, if I haven't, well, then I'm going to say it for the first time. All right. <laughs> well, we will wait in anticipation for that. Let's just run down the card. Uh, some of these matches we're not going to talk a whole lot about because, like Kyle said, the card overall is not too exciting. But uh, the kickoff match, Ty Dillinger, Aiden English. I don't think there's any question probably that Dillinger needs to win this match. The perfect 10. Not that a lot of people will be watching it, but uh, Kyle, do you care to be contrarian? They've and done this already on TV. This just, man, Ty is another NXT call-up that just doesn't seem to have a direction right off the rip, does he? Well, they're building like, him up. He's going to be the end. Well, yeah, I mean, you get him some wins on TV, but I mean... I don't know. Where does he go? For, all right. I guess here's the more important question that because we, we, it's three for three, right? We're all No one's picking eight in English to win this thing, right? Right. Where does Ty Dillinger go from here? Do you put him in the money in the bank match? Do you have him just 
feud with somebody else. I think it kind of depends on how the Owens Styles match goes. If if Owens retains, I wouldn't mind seeing Dillinger being worked up as a challenger for the U.S. title. I don't see them doing that. That's one direction they could. Go. Yeah, I mean they could do it. They could. I mean certainly I don't, I don't see them doing that. Um, but I like I like the Money in the Bank idea. I mean he'd fit in there well. But yeah, I think Dillinger is obviously probably going to win there. Uh, we got Harper and Rowan. And the bout between the former Wyatt family members. Uh, predictions here. I'm. I think I'd have to go with Harper. Justin. Yeah, probably Harper. Uh, Rowan's already got a win, and the only way I see Rowan getting a win is if they're actually going to build him up into something. But I, I, I think Harper should win. Mm-hmm. Kyle. Yeah, Harper. Um, like Justin said, he lost on TV, so the way WWE's book, he'll win here. He, and you know, he's underutilized. I think everyone would agree with that. Rowan, man, I, I think if you look at this entire roster, both brands, there are very few guys who do less for me than Eric Rowan. So there's your next tie feud. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Sami Zayn and Baron Corbin. Now, this one's interesting because I was pretty shocked. I don't know about you, Kyle. I used to recap SmackDown for Top Rope Press, so I didn't see your thoughts on it. Um, you still write the preview, but were you surprised that Corbin lost to Orton by RKO on uh, Tuesday night. Do you think they cut off a his legs? A little bit in the sense just because they usually protect him. Yeah. You know, I mean, when he worked AJ, they had a roll-up finish. So mm-hmm. it's that – don't quote me on this. That might be the first time he's taken a clean pinfall loss of someone's finisher. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I – yeah, I was. So it's the one. That's the only one I remember, and I was pretty shocked when I watched it that he would he would lose clean to Orton like that as as the guy they've been building up for months. Justin, thoughts? Um, I was just trying. I was trying to think. Did Dolph ever get a clean? Oh, pin off of. I, I just remembered one on the pre. I was there live. Uh, Dolph pinned him with thirty deeds on the pre-show at WrestleMania, or not Dolph uh, Ambrose. Oh yeah, that's right. Shows how much of an impact that made on us. You were there live and didn't remember. Well, I was moving seats at the time. I was <laughs> doing a lot of I was complaining at the time. <laughs> Go back to the archives and you can listen to our WrestleMania review and hear about how Kyle pulled some shenanigans to upgrade his seats at WrestleMania yeah. down in Florida. So, um, all right. That brings us to Nakamura and Well, Ziggler. who's going to win? Did we go through our – because it, it's a tough call. Oh. Uh, Corbin. Yeah, I think Corbin. Especially after the finish to SmackDown. Man, I I know they feel they can beat Sammy all the time and he's going to retain this sympathy, but there comes a point where the baby face kind of has to get revenge. And I'm with you guys. I, I don't think, especially after he just lost to, to Orton on SmackDown, I don't think you beat Corbin again, but you got to do something here to protect Sammy. Maybe yeah. you do something where Corbin wins with some heel shenanigans and then Sammy kind of like frustrated that he loses again, like goes crazy after the match and starts like just bashing Corbin with a chair. Something like that. Or like another way, you know, with Corbin losing, Sammy gets a lucky win. And so now Corbin more frustrated about two straight losses and maybe goes crazy on Sammy and that just kind of continues their feud since it seems to be just kind of starting. Yeah, I think you could expect both these guys to be in Money in the Bank. On, on that pay-per-view. I mean, Corbin, especially since a lot of people think he's going to win it. 
I just feel like Zane is such damaged goods, and it's such a shame because this guy was like a true over baby face in a way like any baby face, top baby face should be. It's awesome in the ring, got great reactions from the crowd, and they have just done he's talk about NXT call-ups that they've done nothing with. Sami Zayn pretty much fits the bill perfectly there. He he's kind of been just floating around since he got that win over Owens. What, what was the pay-per-view last year against at Battleground, the alleged blow-off of their feud? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, for, it's been going on close to a year now where he's just kind of been, mm, I don't want to say directionless, but not a lot of upward mobility. That's yeah. Right. Wasted opportunity for sure. Um, all right. So we're kind of disagreeing there. It'd be interesting to see what they do for the finish. If they do try to protect Sammy at, at all. Uh, so Nakamura Ziggler, I think obviously Nakamura has to win this match. He needs to yeah. destroy Dolph in this match. Um, I don't think any of us are going to disagree on that one. It'll just be about how he comes off looking. Is he a big star? I think the fact that this is in Chicago instead of where has there been a really bad crowd recently? Green Bay, Wisconsin had an awful TV crowd a couple months ago. Or uh, Yeah, I all, all, all I want from this match is for the Chicago crowd to show up and chant the shit out of Nakamura. I think the reaction will be huge. That is arguably the loudest arena in the country. It'll be going crazy for Nakamura. I'll say this. This should, and here's why I don't think the match should go on last. I do not think this, this it, how this is agented is really important. This should not be booked as a four-star match or to be a four-star match. I think kind of as you alluded there, Ryan, it needs to be presented to the viewer very clearly that Shinsuke Nakamura is much better than Dolph Ziggler. Oh, yeah. That For is the sure. It, it should not be one of the, and they do this a lot, and I'm worried about this, where they give the guy who's definitely going to lose way too much offense, and it kind of has the reverse effect where the guy that they're putting over with this big win doesn't really get over to the degree. Um, you know, I may be dating myself with this reference, but if you remember the Canadian Stampede pay-per-view? Oh, yeah. Remember the Takamichinoku Great Sasuke match? Where, yeah, like... We're just talking about Taka and uh, the conversation yeah. with Abby. Yeah, well, Taka took all the off. It was funny. Sasuke was the guy who they wanted to push. Mm-hmm. But Taka took so much offense, he wanted up being the guy who got over the crowd. So yeah. it's really like, you know, if, if Ziggler was a baby face, we, we'd say get hope spots. He's a heel. So I don't know what the term is, the, you know, the corresponding term is. It shouldn't be booked as like a two-minute squash by any means. But it should be kind of an extended squash where – Nothing Dolph does really works. Nakamura's got a counter for everything, and he needs to come across as a huge star. It, it, yeah. it, that's way more important than doing a 15, 20-minute match that's not, competitive back and forth. That should not be what this is. I agree. This match should not go over 10 minutes. Yeah. I, I, I would be worried about that, too, because Ziggler's obviously a guy that can have a great match. He's going to be in there with a great worker in Nakamura. But, yeah, that is definitely not what this should be about. It should be about just putting over... Nakamura strong, making him look dominant. And is Ziggler main eventer? What do you what do we think about Ziggler being the guy in this spot for Nakamura? It all it, it all depends on so much better in this role. I think it all depends on what they do afterwards. They they can have a great match later on. Let let Nakamura get a squash, and that that would seemingly hurt Dolph. But if he can get a, a great match later on, then it doesn't matter. He I mean he's he's going to be a mid Carter. Top tier mid Carter for life. Yeah. Um. All right. 
six women match, the tag match. We got Naomi, Charlotte, and Becky taking on Natalia, Carmella, and Tamina. The welcoming committee. The welcoming committee. <laughs> what a name. Yeah. What a name. Better uh, than the sorority sisters or the submission <laughs> sorority sisters or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. That, that name didn't last, did it? Had some problems with that one. Google it, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Google it if you're a kid, actually. Fuck it. It's publicly stated that, damn it, who put that up? Is that $200 an hour? Crap, I'm going to have to edit this out of the show. <laughs> uh, any predictions here, guys? Good work, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess this could go either way. I don't really, it's kind of hard to predict this. I, I'm just kind of waiting for Becky Lynch to finally turn heel because she is really getting lost in the shuffle. I think See, she needs something I, fresh. I think I'm going to be on an island. As, as 2017 continues, I don't think Becky Lynch should go heel. You think, I mean, can she still be the top face on SmackDown? Because I think yes. she could quite easily be the top heel woman if she turned. Yes. If they are patient with it, they absolutely can. So I would, Naomi's going to lose the title at some point. And to whom I don't know. But uh, she'll lose it. And then the focus still long-term is Charlotte and Becky. And I, I think, you know, those two kind of buddy up. And Charlotte earns Becky's confidence. And again, she's her father. Becky is staying. And she, Charlotte, I, under, I guess I understand why they wanted her to go babyface here. But to me, she's a, a more natural here. And Becky's just too likable to be a heel, I think. I there has to be a little bit for that. I thought the same thing about Alexa Bliss when she was coming out blowing bubbles. Like, how is this woman going to be a heel? Yeah, but that was a bad gimmick. Yeah, but she didn't seem like someone that would portray herself as a heel. I guess. I mean, I guess, yeah, you got to wait till you see it. But mm, I don't know. Becky's just, to me, is someone who could almost be a career baby face. Yeah. If if they keep Charlotte face and then you got Naomi too, I just, I don't see room for her on the face side. I, th- I think you could do it long term. Let's be patient. Just like Axl Rose said, just a little patience. <laughs> Uh, Justin, your thoughts. Old references by me this week. Uh, this is this match I'm looking forward to the least. I mean, in any case, I rarely ever, unless the Shield and the Wyatts are involved, I don't look forward to three-on-three matches. But I'm going to go with the welcoming committee. You got to go with the established team to win, and they could probably use the win more than Charlotte or Naomi need it. Okay. I could go for that and have, like, some dissension on the side of Charlotte and Lynch. Wait, I, I saw Kyle gave a look. What, what was that look for? I think my wife is hammering something in the basement, and it sounded like <laughs> <laughs> As long as it's not another dude, that's all I care about. <laughs> this we show is got off the rails. This show has really <laughs> got off the rails. Um, Holy but, balls. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree with you guys. The welcoming committee, who I hope is not in the basement with my wife, um, is it should go over here because as soon as you beat them, no one's going to really care. Yeah, true. And it sure seems like they're building Carmella up as a future title contender, seeing as she has now pinned Naomi twice. Yeah. I hope they just don't have Naomi pin Carmella here. That'd be hideous. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see and see if it even matters. But I agree. I'm I'm not this is the one match in the card I really don't care about either way. Um that and Harper and Rowan probably. Uh tag title match. Usos defending against our favorites, Brizongo. What an entertaining pair. <laughs> they had their best segment yet on SmackDown. It was fantastic. <laughs> I think this, the sky is the limit for Brizongo, and I want to see him win the titles. 
I don't think it's going to happen though, buddy. I'm with you. I, I would love to see it. They're, they have, they have a lot of room to grow as characters, but uh, I think they're saving the Usos as champs for uh, food for new day. Yeah, I think so too. I'm just saying I want to see it. I don't know. I don't know. I would bet against it, but uh, I would love to see it. Freshest thing right now in the tag division easily. Kyle. Yeah, Przenko, you know, they're entertaining, but I don't know if they're what you would want as the champions of the division. Kyle, you've been pretty vocal on your distaste for the New Day in recent months. How yeah. do you think uh, Brizango and the New Day compare? Oh, Brizango's much funnier. Okay. I'm I mean, about. I mean, these, I mean, it's I like, agree. Uh, it's, it's like comparing Stephen Colbert to Gallagher or something. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I if if uh, oh, Gallagher Kinshaw, probably doesn't like the new day, does he? Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm, pro- I'm probably choosing the Usos here, but uh, my heart says Brizongo, my brain says the Usos. Yep, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, all right, let's get to the bread and butter here. What the, a broadcast the two big matches. You are, by the way, Ryan, you're not cracking at all, man. We're, just, <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about. God Man. knows what's going on in the basement and Gallagher and his ways. And wow. I saw, I, I thought of some comments I could have said when you were like, I hope that's not the welcoming committee down there, but I held okay. off. Yeah. Try to be professional. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so Owens and Styles, US title, probably the match of the night. Um, you know, as much as I love AJ, I think Owens has to keep the belt here. Yep. Face of America. Yep. I mean, he has T-shirts. He's going to be holding on to the, at least feuding for the U.S. title for quite a while now. Yeah. See, I think, well, I mean, if you look, I mean, again, the house show program the programs are always subject to change, but it, I see Nakamura beating Owens for the U.S. title by SummerSlam is what I see. But um, it's interesting here because how do you book the finish? Cause I'm with you guys. Owens is going to pro- probably win just cause they, I mean, they just switched the titles twice, you know, with the, you know, him losing to Jericho and the winning it back in mm-hmm. a 24 hour or 48 hour span. I, so I don't think they're going to change it again. You know, do you do something where th- this is something where I think you absolutely just, you know, give the two artists the blank canvas, so to speak, and just give them a ton of time. And you just kind of book a finish that, um, unlike the Nakamura Ziggler, it you know, you're like, yeah, that, this could have gone either way. And then both yeah. these guys could be in Money in the Bank next month. With yeah. with how humdrum this card is, if if these guys don't get at least 20 minutes, it, it's a travesty. Oh, they'll get to, they've got to get 20. Yeah. And, and, and these two could put on just a fantastic match. And it's definitely by far the one I am looking forward to the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easily. So we're all in agreement, Kevin Owens. Yeah, a lot of yeah. agreement here. So yeah, if sucks. Owens keeps the U.S. title and the Usos keep the SmackDown tag titles, oh, <laughs> do we think? Are you telling me there's a chance that <laughs> our guy Jinder Mahal could walk out WWE champion from the Allstate Arena Sunday night? Nope. <laughs> Kyle, no. Uh, you know, there's some stuff that came out today about you know Orton, you know, not only retaining here but you know keeping the title for an extended period of time. Um, I, I believe it was from everyone's favorite source, Sports Kita. You know, that questionable source here. Well, we know they've been wrong a few times. So They have. But, you know, I will say this. the notion, There was something in there that, uh, you know, Orton was Vince McMahon's call specifically to win the Rumble. That's true. 
I know that to be a fact. Shocking. So uh, Vince really was of the opinion he went to the Rumble. Oh, everyone thinks a Raw guy is going to win this, so he just wanted to smack that guy to win it. And the cre- and that's kind of when that him winning the Rumble, while you would think it would make would have made the Wyatt program a bigger deal, it's kind of when the creative went off the rails. I thought mm-hmm. if you go back and look, I don't think yeah. that was the original plan. But Orton, Orton's going to win here, and he's you know I think he's going to be kind of an old school babyface champ against you know. A couple well, can, foreign eels. Can you find a bigger baby face in the entire industry than Randy Orton? I mean, he didn't baby <laughs> face himself on the internet there, did he? I was just going to say, what a baby face. What a baby face. Getting on his social media with his his terrible takes and, on uh, politics. And so, all right. I got to be honest here. I saw you going ape shit. Abby wrote about oh, I think that might be an overstatement. Oh, you were Ape mad. Shit. I've seen you were mad. The only time I've ever seen you matter is with Goldberg and Mitchell Trubitsky. I mean, those are the only. Oh my! <laughs> you might want to go back. You might want to go back to like early November, and then you might see me a little bit more mad. When were you mad? Early November, around the eighth. Oh yes, that was bad. Sad. <laughs> that was bad. sad. Um, yeah. Um, well, we didn't have a podcast about that, so I didn't have a chance. That's true. I, I guess I could imagine. Well, I could imagine. That's reasonable. Um, so a lot of people were up in arms. And when I saw the tweet, my reaction was, I'm like, oh, God, I hope people don't take the bait here. And, of course, they did. I just thought it was – the reaction was, I thought, worse than the actual tweet for Morton. I don't think that people took issue with like what he said being wrong about the dives and the no selling and stuff. I think people took offense because it's Randy Orton saying this and, you know, look at why he is where he is. That That's why. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, just general douchebaggery. Yeah. It was the most interesting thing he's done given the reaction in 2017. <laughs> that's probably like, true. Like I have never cared more about Randy Orton than I did when he in that. 24-hour news cycle when he sent out the tweet. And I'm sure everyone knows <laughs> what we're talking about. The tweet that he sent out, um, you know, poking fun uh, at independent wrestling. And he does have a point. You know, as much as people want to critique, all oh, the WWE has a style, there is an indie style. Mm-hmm. There absolutely is. I was um, thinking that watching Best of Super Juniors because I was watching Ricochet, who I think is is the best non-WWE wrestler out there to me. And uh, I'm watching him wrestle Osprey, and I'm thinking, so when this guy goes to WWE, is he going to be as special? Because they're going to change his style. You know, when he gets to the main roster, he might be able to do that kind of stuff in NXT or if they do another cruiserweight uh, tournament. But look what's happened to the cruiserweights when they got brought up to the main roster. If Ricochet is kind of like, if his matches are held in check, and he can't work that indie style that he does, well, you know, you is it going to be a special? You have to learn to work. Because, I mean, guys have gotten, oh, I mean, there's a lot of guys who have come from the indie scene and have absolutely, you know, have kind of modified their style and gotten over in the confines of WWE. Yeah. Daniel Bryan, CM Punk. I mean, you can do it. I mean, it's just, I mean, like, I don't think one is better than the other. I mean, a great worker can get over either way. Yeah. In either environment. I mean, that's the sign of a great worker. You can get over, you know, no matter what. And there is, for the record, there is no right way to get over. You know, people who are like, oh, you know, you, you know, you know, how dare you insult independent wrestling? It's like, man, you come across as such a mark when you do that. 
I I think what he said has some merit. I agree. It's just the way he went about saying it, and then the comments he made about himself. Well, it's were Randy cringeworthy. Orton. I mean, what's what's? I mean, did you expect Randy Orton to like you know have a ten year breakdown of independent wrestling? Of course, he's going to be a dick about it. He's supposed to be a babyface. What's he's that? supposed to be. He's supposed to be a babyface. No, 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 actually, am, I, am I doing PW Torch here? Or what, what's going on? That is kind of the saddest part about it is that he is just such a great heel in in pro wrestling and in real life. Yeah. If he could be doing this kind of stuff in front of the camera, that would make what? for great television. Well, the only problem is, it, I kind of agree where, where you're going, Justin. With it. like, he does seem to be more. He has more, more natural heel charisma. Um, he's never, he's not a really like, like when he gets over as a baby face, it's not, it's not as like a likable baby face, really. No, it's, it's like the guy who's been around for a long time. You know, yeah, we, we know who he is. He's done and some he's stuff. Booked, and he's booked strong. He's, you know, kind of booked as a badass. You know, it's not like as a light, he's not a good traditional baby face by any stretch of the me. I mean, his two peaks were both his heels, 04 and then 08, 09. Mm-hmm. He was a heel. Um, I, I don't know exactly what you would call his best baby face work in this company. I mean, I hated that t- the first turn he had in 04 was just awful. Yeah. yeah. And not all of it was his fault, but um, it, it was just poorly executed. I'm trying to think when when else he been a baby face. Because then it, it didn't happen for a while. Um, He was like at WrestleMania. The WrestleMania in Phoenix, he was a baby face. That was like... During- Okay. Wasn't during that feud with uh Christian for the world title. Yeah, that was good. Summer. That was good stuff. Yes. Okay, that, there you go. That, that that's absolutely it, Justin. That's absolutely it. And that might that could even be contributed to Christian because Christian was at the top of his heel. Game. Yes, Christian was very good during that period. But I just think and but going back to what Justin said about him doing this in front of the camera, you know, it it, it would have to be something else. I mean, this is not you know, what he was talking about is not something that can draw money on WWE television. I mean, just a discussion of independent, you know, him like trolling indie fans. That's not going to work in a larger, um, with a larger audience. Yeah. I mean, he was a tremendous heel for about a 24-hour span on Twitter to the people who really cared about that. <laughs> um, and, and by the way, Rip Rogers, I'll tell you what good heel that he is. He kind of got away scot-free. No one was going after Rip. Yeah, he, he got, got he a got payday. Out well, he got a yeah, payday. Doesn't he have a match shit. with Will well, Ospreay? I mean, uh, yeah, that then yeah, he started like yeah, he parlayed into a payday. Rip. Pulled the old Vader from last year. Yeah. I saw some old school Rip Rogers when I was watching like the early Smoky Mountain TV. He yeah. must be a little underappreciated as the old scuzzy heel. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what Orton would be better as. And like we said, I think I think he just uh he just rubs people the wrong way with his oh my my thirteenth title reign and I'm gonna go count my money and stuff. <laughs> See, the whole like, thing was so funny. Geez. When he posed with Drew Gulak after Raw, that was absolutely incredible. The no fly zone? Yes. That was unbelievable. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, like I was like, Randy Orton's won. Randy I, Orton's I, won this feud against the indie fans. I wish I could remember who tweeted this to, you know, give them credit, but somebody tweeted that he needs to start a faction with the revival for, you know, the team that's against uh, flips and stuff, flips and dives. <laughs> well, it was Daw- Dawson loved the comment. Oh, yeah. did he? Nice. Yeah, that to me was actually something that not a lot of people were talking about, and should have been. There were a lot of people within WWE who came to Orton's defense. So it, it's a mentality that obviously goes beyond Randy Orton in WWE. I mean, it's not like just I mean Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn. It's you know other wrestlers of the company feel that way. 
obviously. Well, unfortunately for them, the best thing on television this week involved a lot of flips and dives, and that was the best of the Super Juniors tournament over in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So we can appreciate flips and dives when they are in context. Both, like you don't have to like hate one and you know love the other. You can appreciate both. I I never want WWE to turn into New Japan. There's enough room for headlocks and flips for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Uh, so we're all going in the main event. We're all going with Orton then. Unfortunately. Yeah, I, I think they'll try. It sucks that they, you know, the heat was all with Mahal stealing the title. And I thought you could have done a fit, maybe even a DQ here where Orton went crazy. Although, you know, I kind of advocated that for Sam and you wouldn't want to do that twice on the same show. But like Orton goes crazy, gets a DQ, but he like takes the belt back, his belt back. And then they do a rematch on SmackDown. Um, they can't really do that anymore. But um yeah, I think Jinder will be made to look kind of strong, but he loses. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. All that really needs to come out of this match is for Jinder to be made to look at least somewhat strong and competitive against a, a, a top superstar so that he he can work a higher level. For, and, uh, it would be a travesty if, you know, this ends in just a RKO out of nowhere. Yeah, like an eight-minute match with them. That'd be kind of. I can't wait for Jinder and uh, the Singh brothers against the Hype Bros and Rob Gronkowski at SummerSlam. By the way, what a match <laughs> that'll be! What a match that'll be! I can't wait for that. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll be back with you next week to talk um, all the fallout from WWE Backlash. But uh, like I promised you at the beginning of the show, Justin and I taped a segment with Abby Arthur from Top Rope Press talking New Japan. It's been a while since we've talked. New Japan Pro Wrestling to uh, an extensive level here on Top Rope Nation. So uh, I'm going to take you to that interview right now and uh, take a listen. Abby hasn't been on the show since I think last fall, so I think you'll enjoy this. We're back here on Top Rope Nation. Time to talk a little bit of New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's been a, it's been a long while, actually, since we've talked New Japan here on the show. It's been way too long since we've had Abby on with us. So we are joined by Abby Arthur, the resident New Japan expert of TopRopePress.com, the associate editor, my partner in crime over at Top Rope Press. And Justin, I know you're pretty excited to talk to Abby. Big fan of her uh, New Japan coverage on the site. So absolutely. In fact, it, most of the uh, thoughts and opinions you hear from me will, will probably just come directly from her articles on New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> just paraphrase what you've read on the website. <laughs> hey, Ab- as long as you mock Thomas, po- Thomas Ponytail, we're all good. <laughs> no, but it's, it's great to have you back on the show, Abby. And we've been talking about doing this for a while, so I'm glad to have you on. What better week to have you on than the week that the best of the Super Juniors started? I know, the best of the Super Juniors, going into Dominion, then coming to the U.S., then going into the G1. It's marathon time for New Japan. That's for sure. So we just, the uh, press conference in California just got over not long ago. You covered it on the website. Um, mm-hmm. Any any big news coming out of that event? Um, basically, they let us know that all of the tickets for the shows, both shows sold out in two hours. They did say that the shows will air live on Access in the U.S., both um, 
the shows on the second, the first and the second, um, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. They will also stream live on New Japan World, but only for non-U.S. territories, which kind of sucks because access is available in so few homes in the U.S. that the the way that we get it, you know, the way all of these 15,000 subscribers get New Japan in the U.S. is through World. So I don't know how well this is going to go over with access because it's not available. I know it's not available to me. Yeah, Justin, do you have access? I don't think so. It doesn't ring a bell. I have it on DirecTV, but it's like way down the list of channels. I, I set the uh, the DVR to record the show every week, but it's usually stuff I've already seen, so I don't usually watch it. Yeah, but... they're, they're months and months behind, which is another problem. Yeah. Um, also, there's going to be a two-day tournament, and we've covered this on the side, to crown the inaugural IWGP United States Champion. The only two names for the tournament right now that we have are Jay Lethal and Hangman Page. Those are the only two official entrants. So Justin and I were talking about that before you came on. Um, and who well, we were talking off air. You didn't hear it on the earlier part of Top Rope Nation, I should say. But uh, who do you do you have any predictions on who they'll go with for that at this point? Because we, we, we had one we were talking about, but I'm curious what you think. Well, New Japan's plan, what Kadani said in a presser earlier this week, was that within the next 18 months, they plan to have a home base for a branch of New Japan in California, reopen the L.A. Dojo. So I'm guessing, and this is just me, if I had to take an educated guess, they're going to go with Cody. That's exactly who we said. (laughs) And if they don't go with Cody, they might... Since they want to kind of do this without Ring of Honor's influence, and I can't blame them at all, they might go with Michael Elgin, but Cody's a bigger name right now. Yeah, no doubt. That'd get him some buzz. Well, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. I think we should start a crowdfunding site to send Abby live to the show. You should be covering it live from Los (laughs) Angeles, Abby. It's only right. There are no tickets any. Le- there are no tickets left. I have entered that contest on Twitter probably about forty times to see if I can, you know, win a free ticket. But I think we, maybe we need to just contact New Japan directly and be like, "This lady gets up at stupid o'clock to cover your shows live. <laughs> the least you can do if she flies to California is let her through the doors." Yeah, give me a press pass. Um, yeah, I'll come cover it for you. I, I will legitimately look into it if you're if you're down. Hey, I'd go in a heartbeat. Ishii's going to be there, so I'd need to take a very big bag so I can kidnap him and bring him home with me. But um, (laughs) anyway. (laughs) Hey, no, I'm going to look into this. We'll see. But uh, I'm going to look into a contact to see if we can get anything arranged on that. Okay, we already know that the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the IWGP Intercontinental Championships, which... If you missed the best of the Super Junior show this morning, uh, the <laughs> Intercontinental Championship got a little bit broken today um, on purpose, I think. So <laughs> there might be a new one of those, too. I, um, didn't, I did not see that. What happened? Nido, I think this was his master plan all along. You know, he, he throws it in the air and throws it to the ring and kicks it down the ramp whenever he's going to the ring. He threw it into the ring post twice slammed it into the ring steps three times as hard as he could. And then after the match, whammed it into the ring post again and cracked the front plate of the um, IWGP Intercontinental Championship. The young boys were out there with the ring bell hammer and trying to bend it back. It's it's a very funny moment. You'll have to watch it and see. Somewhere Shinsuke Nakamura shed a tear. 
<laughs> now he's probably laughing at night oh thinking man why didn't i think to do this because that was one dirty ugly belt <laughs> yeah the, um, the, uh, so with the, the heavyweight title and the ic title being defended i'm pretty sure they're gonna add i mean if i take an educated guess i'm betting since war machine is they're they're the heavyweight tag champions um the Bucks are probably going to come into these shows as the junior heavyweight tag champions. Los Ingo Bernables is going to be there. They have the never title. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be there. Menor, I don't think Suzuki is going to be there, but I have a feeling that other titles are going to be defended on the shows as well. Yeah, I mean the the prevailing thought is Omega will walk in IWGP champion. You would you would think? Please, please, please. Lord, I don't know if y'all watch this thing. And Kenny Omega, I love you. I really, really, really do. But I don't know who the hell out in California did your hair, son. But you need to go get your money back because it looked bad. God, oh, it was like charcoal. It was like he got extensions. And it was it was not good. <laughs> I have to look it, it up just good. for that. Yeah, it did. It, it, uh, it's, it's not pretty. But other than that, they just announced the roster that will be on the shows. And it's pretty much the entire roster, um, with the exception of Suzuki Goon. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and several guys from Chaos aren't going to be there. Um, it'll be Liger, Kushida, David Finley, Juice Robinson, Hiroshi Tanahashi, the Tempura Boys, Sho and um, Yohi, Jay White, Billy Gunn. Yoshi Tatsu, who I know everybody's going to want to go and see. Um, Rapongi Vice, Will Ospreay, Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, the entire Los Ingo Bernables stable, um, Zack Sabre Jr., War Machine, Jay Lethal, the Briscoe Brothers, and they're bringing in three guys from CMLL, Volador Jr., Dragon Lee, and Titan, and the whole of the Bullet Club. Wow. Yeah, we got to get you in the doors. That's <laughs> a heck of a lineup. <laughs> yeah, it should be. So it's July first and second, right? Yes, July first and second at Long Beach and Long Beach. Yes. My sister is literally getting married on July first, so I I never had a chance to go. But uh, I I'm hoping with this U.S. expansion that we get some shows in the Midwest and they continue to expand because uh, I would love to see New Japan in person. We'll have to see what. Oh happens. yeah, me too. Plus, it'd be awesome to see it. You know, actually in our time zone. So, not have to get up. Yeah, that was one thing that Omega said when he was making, he had some comments. Um, He said during the last part of it that he loves that the fans support them, stay up late to watch them, and want to give it back to the fans in North America by having live shows at a decent hour. (laughs) He (laughs) says for him, this is the purest form of gratitude, being able to give back to the fans due to the star power and success that they've achieved in New Japan. He said that they, as a company, can challenge the world, change the world, and he can't see them failing. <laughs> when he uh, mentioned watching it, you know, not early in the morning, he turned to the camera, winked, and held up a sticky note that said, at Abby A. He probably did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, 5.30 in the morning for the best of the Super Junior shows. They're, I mean, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. You've got to have stamina and and love for this business and this company to get up at those hours and then go work a full day. <laughs> That's for and sure. And then do it again the next day. 
I have no idea how you do it. It's very impressive. You got quite the following on Twitter. I feel lucky to have you on the website. We, I think it really sets Top Rope Press apart from a lot of the web to have your coverage on there. It's definitely a, it's been a big, big success for the website since you came on staff. Like, what was it about two years ago now? I think so. I know you were around the summer of the whole Hulk Hogan uh, disaster, and that was two years ago. So that's right. Yeah, I can look and see my exact date of my first article. Because um, I was looking the other day, is like, Lord, I've got 1,555 articles and 63 pages, <laughs> 78 pages now on the website. Yeah. Um, my first article was July 7th, 2015. Yeah, so we're coming up on two years. Very, I think I think you are the longest tenured person on staff, other than myself, obviously. So, very cool. We'll have to celebrate on July 7th. Yes. So, uh, the first two days of the Best of Super Juniors had two pretty awesome shows. I know you've got some strong thoughts on them. Um, I wanted to hit it over to Justin for a second because I know he saw from night one um, the Marty Skrull match with Will Ospreay. And, uh, Justin, any feelings you'd like to share on that bout? Uh <clears throat> loved it. Uh, I have not seen a lot from either guy, just, you know, maybe a dozen matches. Um, uh, but it, it was, it was great the way they worked the match. Uh, Will trying to get the high flying stuff in and the, uh, Marty's little, uh, too sweet. eye poke was fantastic. And the, the whole end sequence was just mind blowing. And especially the, the finish with the Oz cutter into the chicken wing. Just can't say enough about it. I think that's pretty much unanimously the uh, the bout of the night for night one, wouldn't you say, Abby? Yeah, it was. Marty, I mean, if you don't watch British indie wrestling, then you're not going to know the history between Osprey and Skrull, but they've had a long-standing feud. And the match that they had on night one, we've kind of seen it before, but what a lot of people were worried about was, oh, man, he's going to go into Cork and Hall, and what are they going to do? Man, within five seconds, the fans were doing the whoop whoop on his whoop, song. Whoop. <laughs> yeah, they, they, by the end of the match, Milano and the other announcers, the Japanese announcers, were doing it. Yeah, that that Goto was pretty was awesome. Announcing, he wasn't doing it, but Goto's just boring anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, immediately he was over, and it was like, oh, thank goodness, <laughs> thank goodness, they know who he is, they know what he does, and you know. That's pretty funny because I was watching that. Um, my wife was like in the background while I was watching the match, and uh, she's kind of making fun of the the Japanese announcing. She's like, "Can you mute that?" I'm like, "No, it's not the same. No. I can't mute it." No. And, so, and so our child was watching it too, <laughs> and I'm like, "She's going to be bilingual." And uh, <laughs> and then uh, when the whoop whoop started, my wife like started imitating it, and I was like, "Yes, I'm breaking mm-hmm. through a little bit." Yes, you have to, <laughs> Marty. Marty can change the world. Yes. <laughs> On night one, Taka Michinoku and Jushin Liger, who opened the show, had a very solid match. And it's it's kind of bittersweet, this Best of the Super Juniors, and I wrote this today. It's kind of sad, any match I see, because this is his last one. And we know since this is his last um, Super Juniors that probably retirement is not too far down the line for him. And it's sad because there will never be another talent like Liger ever. The man's 52 years old and still looking half his age in these matches with these young guys. I I remember seeing, I saw him at a WCW house show probably. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I was pretty young at the time. Well, I was in high school, but it was in 2000 and 
the reason I said I was pretty young is because it felt to me like he had been around for a long time, you know, at he that had. point. And that was like, that was like 16, 17 years ago. That's crazy to think about. And he debuted back in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. he, he was my introduction to cruiserweight wrestling when I saw him against uh, Brian Pillman at Super Brawl 2, which is still one of my probably top 10 favorite matches of all time. Yeah, he was. He's who's he is the man who introduced the cruiserweights, junior heavyweights to North America, and him and Pillman were the two that really introduced it in the big two here, big two companies here, and yeah, they set the tone and made it possible for an entire generation of smaller guys to come in, and then the guys we see now. So there will never be another one like Liger. I'm pretty sure when. You know, Justin and I were friends, and uh, when we found out we were wrestling fans, I'm pretty sure Justin brought up that uh, that match within the first ten minutes after we found out we had this common bond of pro wrestling and Super Bowl too. I, I try and bring up that match as much as possible. Yeah, it was a beautiful match. It's yeah. one of those that you know it sticks in the back of your mind. Yeah. So but yeah, Marty and Will had probably the match of the night. A close second was Dragon Lee and um, Takahashi. They've been feuding ever since Takahashi went on his excursion to CMLL and they try to kill each other every time they're in the ring together. So (laughs) they're just insane. Both of them are insane. Takahashi a little bit more because he thinks he's a cat, talks to title belts, plays with balloons and walks around, you know, licking everything and playing with art dolls. So he's just a little (laughs) bit crazier. So if you had to pick between night one and night two that have aired so far, um, which which night did you prefer? Night one was better because it was all tournament matches. Yeah. You know, last night or today's show, we had, you know, the undercard matches. Um, Found out that Tana is hurt worse than we thought. He's not going to be on any of the tour. And no, despite my joking, he did not sprain his ponytail. He (laughs) tore his bicep. So he is off until um, June 9th on the road to Dominion show. Last year, he had to miss Dominion due to a shoulder injury. So he and Kenny Omega did not have their ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Hopefully this is this tear isn't too bad, and he and Naito can still have their IC match at Dominion this year. What's, what's the date of Dominion again? Do you know offhand? June 11th. June 11th, that's right. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, from what I saw, I haven't seen both shows, but uh, I, I probably preferred night one as well. But night two did have two matches that easily contended for match of the night i think um I th- yeah takamichinoku and tai chi man that was like the greatest match ever <laughs> i sat here on my six stars like, what what first it was like i'm dreading this because it's tai chi and you know if we all banded together in our hate of tai chi we could make the world a better place we really could <laughs> world peace would be had in no time but this was and then it was like what even is this I, I have not even was, watched that It match. was a joke. It was the worst quote-unquote match in New Japan history. It was horrible. <laughs> I skipped over that one pretty quickly. Just don't watch it. Literally, don't watch it. Just just read my recap, and that that's all. Just don't. Don't abuse yourself. <laughs> I uh, definitely watched uh, the Osprey-Ricochet match. Was really looking forward to that after the uh-huh. match they had last year. And uh, how do you think that that lived up to... 
you know, what they did last year. Did you think they exceeded last year's match? Did you prefer the first? It's it's hard for sequels to, you know, beat the first one as always. But I don't well, know. So I think they like, might have surpassed it. Well, this was like Osprey Ricochet forty seven because they've done this match everywhere since last year's Best of the Super yeah, Juniors, and yeah. I don't think this one had a little bit more of a mat based tone to it. Yeah, I was going to say a little bit more I technique like, on the mat. Yeah, I, I liked a it. A little bit more submission. Yeah, I liked it because um, it it was a little bit more widespread. Like it had far more styles within the match than last year's. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much all high flying. Uh, I think I think last year's got so much recognition just because it it was so shocking to people that really hadn't watched these two much before. So I don't I don't think it's going to get the kind of buzz that last year's match did. But I I really appreciated the fact that they worked in all kinds of styles in the match. Yeah, they worked in everything, and um, it it was a lot more varied. So I think that would make it appeal to a lot more people. Yeah. So in that essence, it was better. But that first match will always be one of the greatest matches ever simply because of what it was. You might love their talent. You might hate their talent. You might love them or hate them. But you cannot argue the fact that they are two of the best in the world at what they do. You know, and I call it flippy-dippy stuff to be funny, but... They're amazing. Yeah, I I saw Ricochet last summer in July, like two months after that 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 first match in the Best of the Super Juniors, and I had I had had a few beers, and I went up to his autograph table. He was just like watching the matches at an indie show. I went up and talked to him for a while about the match, and afterwards I was kind of cringing because when I was talking to him, you know, I was like, oh man, that match. When I saw it, I told all my friends that weren't even wrestling fans to go watch it. I showed it to a few people. And then like the next morning I'm thinking he's probably heard people say the exact same thing. Like every day since then, what an idiot. Why did I say it? I should have said something more unique, but now he was, you could tell he was, he was pretty, uh, he was pretty proud of the match. He was selling t-shirts with him and Osprey on the front of it, talking about the match. So you know, and that whole wrestling is an art thing came out of that match. He was selling that shirt there as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I have that shirt, and I agree with everything that's written on that shirt. But I think this week, more people are talking about Randy Orton and Will Ospreay than are talking about um, Ricochet and Ospreay's rematch. Yeah. Well, Ospreay getting in his mocking of Orton in night one was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, Viper Will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ricochet hit an RKO. So, yeah, you know, they they got their little hits in. Yeah. So, overall, yeah, it's it's been a, a pretty good two nights of the best of the Super Junior so far. Any other thoughts on night two? Um, Takahashi and um, Liger was pretty good. I mean, it was pretty solid. Yeah. Um, you know, crazy beat class this time, but, you know... I expect Hiromo to do that pretty much through the um, tournament. Um, the undercard matches, Cozy, and he's teaming up with Taguchi Japan to go up against Los Ingobernables in these undercard matches. He's filling in for Tana. So, you know, I mean, they're really not anything to look at. Mm-hmm. Our wonderful War Machine is out there working with um, Tama Tonga and Tangaloa to get ready for their Dominion tag team title match um the opening card the opening match tonight was good because it was a young lions match and you had um oka and kawato teaming with tiger mask to go up against yagi 
Umino, who is the son of Red Shoes, the referee, and Kitamura, who is the scariest young lion you will ever see. The one that got kicked out of the Olympics because of steroids. Mm, and yeah. it doesn't look like he stopped that in the lab at either. <laughs> but um, dude is scary. And I'm convinced Oka is an undercover uncle because he's the oldest looking young lion I've ever seen. And I do not believe for a minute he's in his 20s. I think he's 40 something. <laughs> I just realized we didn't even talk about the uh, the other match that I was referring to when Night 2 had two best best of the night contenders. And obviously Dragon Lee and Marty Skrull. Um, with Dragon Lee going over. I was kind of surprised at that, but then kind of not, because Dragon Lee is kind of a favorite in A Block. Marty's a favorite in A Block, and Ricochet's a favorite in A Block. Any of those three I can see coming out winning. Mm -hmm. Do you think they would would hold... Hold off on Ricochet just because he seems like destined to go to WWE by the end of the year. He doesn't want to. You don't think that's going to happen? He's been saying for a year that he wants to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Mm -hmm. That's his goal. What New Japan has been doing over the last, ever since um, Hiromu got done with his last opponent, which was Ricochet, actually. Um, They've been teasing him and Kushida again, which I don't want to see because... Gato does not know how to book Kushida when he's got that title. And one of the problems I've got with New Japan is they don't do singles feuds. Have y'all noticed that watching? They don't do them. Yeah, that's Everything's true. a multi-man match. Yeah. They, I, unless it's for a title, you're not going to get a singles match. And it kind of devalues some of these guys in a way because... You never see a variety of opponents. It's the same thing night after night after night. And Kenny Omega has said this. Trent Beretta has said this. It's the same thing every night. Mm-hmm. And I wish they would kind of shake it up a little bit, but logic dictates that they're going to go the Hiromu Kushida route with them winning both of their blocks. I would love to see them do something completely different and have, you know, say... Even Marty win A block and have, I'm trying to think of who's in B block that's even decent. Um, ACH? Yeah, I mean, ACH or Bushi. I would love Bushi to win because they have just been horrible with booking Bushi lately. Um, Or ACH, even Taguchi, who was like the standout star last year. I don't want him to go with Osprey because he won it last year and they did nothing with him. Kushida is boring. Takahashi's already the champion. I don't think they're going to do it with a with a CMLL guy like Volador Jr. or Dragon Lee because they're only there twice a year. So, so because of what they did with Will Osprey last year, and anybody that follows you on Twitter knows uh, that you are in love with the villain. Or would you be worried at all that uh, they would do nothing with Marty uh, Skakesies? The villain, if he actually won. Don't, don't, hey, that's what got you on my list. Okay, don't start that mess again. And you're not the only one that did it. Somebody else said the exact same thing to me. It's like, okay, you're on my list too. Um, I don't know. I think it might be a little. I'm not really worried about Marty, and I'm not really, and I wasn't really worried about Will because I, I'm a weird kind of person. I don't like the British guys in New Japan. I just love Marty. I, I, I love what he does. He's he's great. I love Will, and I love Zack Sabre Jr. on the British Indies. I don't like him in New Japan. 
And I don't know why I have no reasoning for this. But I think if they end up putting that belt on one of them, it's going to be the same thing that would happen with anybody they put that belt on. It's going to be maybe defend it three times a year, no singles matches, no singles feuds, everything in multi-man matches, hmm. building up to maybe three or four shows during the year. Well, I'm hoping Marty wins it. That's my pick. Me too. I'm team villain all the way. <laughs> Did you order but the logic new... Uh... Dictates, logic dictates that from what they were doing before Best of the Super Junior started, that Gato is kind of looking at going the Kushida Takahashi route. Yeah. Did you order your new villain Bullet Club t-shirt yet? Oh my God, those things are so sweet. <laughs> I've been thinking about not. it all week. I ordered, <laughs> I ordered one of Marty's new shirts when he came out with him a couple of weeks ago that looked like Skeeksy's. They do, because I thought, oh, man, this is just a scary-looking shirt. And, yeah, I got one of those that's on its way. I'm going to have to order one of the, the Villain Club shirts, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Super Villain shirt is pretty sweet, too. Yeah, I told him and Jimmy Havoc the other day. He's like, man, y'all going to have to get more writing gigs for to keep me in shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they got a lot of good ones coming out. I like, I like supporting anything on pro wrestling tees and supporting the wrestlers. So I'm always – Kind of browsing through there, seeing how I can blow all my money. Yes, I bought a new Yano shirt the other day that I realized after I bought it, I looked at the back of it, and I can't really wear it out in public. <laughs> oh, God, what's on it? What it says on the back of the shirt. Something about, you know, Yano's thing is getting in the ropes and break, you know, doing the break, break, break spot so that mm -hmm. nobody will hit him. And this one is break on the G-string. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> because Yano is Mozart on the front. And it's like, I can't wear this thing out in public with a bunch of rednecks down here. <laughs> I think you're wandering away so from the abuse. wandering away from the club or something. <laughs> yeah, probably probably not a good idea. All right, Abby. Well, we're going to have to have you back on at least when the best of the Super Juniors ends. And probably before, well, we'll have to talk Dominion too. And uh, we'll have to talk G1 with you again. I know last year you were on the show for the G1. So we will see what happens. But thanks for coming on, Top Rope Nation, again. Um, obviously, you can check out Abby's post at Top Rope Press. She is on the Angry Marks podcast every single week on Thursday nights. Right, Abby? Yes. In fact, I will be hanging up with y'all to go do that one next. <laughs> so check her out over there. And uh, follow her on Twitter, at Abby A. You can follow Justin at Joint319. I'm at Historical Ryan. And of course, at TR Nation Podcast and at Top Row Press. And we'll catch you guys next week. Fight Chief Forever. Out. Shoots ready. Boy, the things I go through to get on all on rates as low as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.